Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So I feel like guys can sometimes be really difficult to shop for. And Mancrates knows that. So they have created something that makes it so seamless for us to be able to get the guys in our life a gift that they want and that makes sense for them. So basically the way that it works is each crate is high quality, fun, and useful, and it's customized kind of for them and for their interests. So for example, they have one that's a whiskey appreciation crate and it has like his initials carved into each glass and they have like the pitmaster crate. It has sauces, ribs, a steel meat claw, all the kind of stuff for grilling. Personally, I tried this and it was my best friend's dad's birthday and he's like a diehard Packers fan and they had this like Packers appreciation crate and I got him, it was all like barware for the Packers and he loved it, like truly went crazy for it. So I don't know, it was just such an easy solution and it took all of the like guesswork out of knowing what to get someone. So don't miss massive holiday savings at mancrates.com. Buy one mancrate and get half off your second. Just visit mancrates.com slash CBC to get half off. Again, that's mancrates.com slash CBC. mancrates.com slash CBC. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome back to another week. I am in, I'm in the best mood. You are in a good mood. I am in the best mood. I don't know what it is. I don't know either. I mean, I'm typically in a very good mood, but I, we're in a different studio today, potentially. And also, so we usually record our episodes on Mondays, both of them. And yesterday's Kardashian one was so intense. Yeah. Like truly, if you are at all a Kardashian enthusiast, I'm telling you to listen to that one because we welcome as many different perspectives as possible because it was such an interesting episode. Um, I mean, Sunday night's episode was so interesting. So we couldn't even record this episode yesterday. So here we are today. And I don't know, it's a different energy on a Tuesday morning. I like a Tuesday morning record. Yeah, how do you feel about it? I'm, listen, I don't want it to become the norm. Let's not get any crazy ideas, but. You're not opposed to it. No, I'm not opposed. Love to hear that. Um, okay, we have a lot of things to get into today, right? I feel like there's a decent amount. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start it off on a kind of somber note. So on Sunday night, Rapper Juice World, he's 21 years old, his real name is Gerard Higgins, died in the Chicago Midway Airport after suffering a seizure. So the story first breaks on Sunday by TMZ, and apparently he was on a plane flying from California, lands, and after deplaning at some point while walking through the airport, he apparently had the seizure, um, was taken to the hospital, and was pronounced dead upon arrival. That's the first report, which obviously was so you know heartbreaking and, and the music community really came out. Yeah. It was really devastated. Um, Chance, Drake, a lot of, pretty much everyone spoke out about it. Um, then on Monday, a report comes out that apparently it was a private plane and apparently the pilot had alerted the authorities on the ground that his entire entourage had guns on them. So apparently when he landed, the FBI and the FAA were waiting for him and his entourage. Right. That's the first thing to come out. The second thing that came out was that at some point, apparently, between the plane landing and him being searched, 
he swallowed some of his Percocet pills as an attempt to kind of hide them from the authorities, which people then think potentially contributed to the seizure. Right. Also, um, there were three guns taken after the search. All of them were registered, and they seized 70 pounds of weed in vacuum-sealed bags. So, you know, we we don't have official confirmation of any of that, but that's the most recent report. And it would make sense. I mean, obviously, you know, um, overdose of Percocet can lead to a seizure. So that could be the case if that's what happened here. Yeah, it seems like it, it probably is. Um, I think that one of the reasons that people were so affected by the story was not only just because he was so young and talented, but because we've seen such a rise of young talent and young rappers having these drug overdoses. And I mean, Mac Miller, all of these people. So I think that it just kind of shook the whole community. It totally did. Um, So we are really, of course, sorry to his family and his friends and anyone who knew him. That is just, 21 is too young. Too young. Too young. So next story, I know it's a little out of order, but I really want to talk about Justin Timberlake. Can we? Okay. So this happened last week. As you guys remember, about two weeks ago, we reported on the video that came out of him and his co-star Alicia Wainwright. And they're at that bar in New Orleans. They're kind of drunk. He's getting a little touchy. Kind of drunk. I mean, he's very drunk, but he wasn't like nothing crazy happened. No, no, no. But he's a little definitely. You can see in the video. Yeah, you could see he wasn't. Yeah, he was intoxicated. So. If you remember, when we talked about this the first time, all we were saying is, like, we would do anything for a statement, but we're like, we'll never get it. Yeah. It was full. It was a full fantasy. I didn't expect to ever get it, not because I was like, oh, he's too private, just because I didn't, I didn't think we would get it because I didn't think that was the move. And I also didn't think that it necessarily warranted it. Like, it wasn't like there was a video of him hooking up. It wasn't like he got Tristan. You know what I mean? Right. It wasn't like there's a video of him with his with his head and two girls' hits. That does, that wasn't the case. It was like a little bit of handholding. Did Tristan even release a statement? Yeah, <laughs> literally. Out of the fucking blue, we get a statement from Justin on oh Instagram in in the form of a note. This is Justin Timberlake we're talking about here. I'm sorry. To me, this was like I was shocked. Yeah. When do I'm we still see, shocked? When do we see not only. Not only a note, but also in a grid, not a story. Uh, my biggest takeaway was I cannot believe he left the comments on. I know. Hold on. Let me read the post and then and then, and then we'll discuss. discuss. I actually have a lot to say about this. I know this. you do. So do I. Okay. So this is the post. I stay away from gossip as much as I can, but for my family, I feel it is important to address recent rumors that are hurting the people that I love. A few weeks ago, I displayed a strong lapse in judgment, but let me be clear, nothing happened between me and my co-star. I drank way too much that night and I regret my behavior. I should have known better. This is not the example I want to set for my son. I apologize to my amazing wife and family for putting them through such an embarrassing situation, and I am focused on being the best husband and father I can be. This was not that. I am incredibly proud to be working on Palmer. Looking forward to continuing to make this movie and excited for people to see it. So, I mean, first off, like, I'm floored. I was, I was floored. Julie and I are like, Justin Timberlake, we are talking about one of the biggest A-listers. Pulls like a Ronnie from Jersey Shore. Right. You know? It's just, it's so weird. Also because, not that the situation was right, but I definitely didn't think it warranted this. And it was almost like, 
you know when you're watching like a, a like an SVU or like a cop show and like the teen comes in and just confesses without asking for a lawyer and you're like, no, oh my God, you would have been so fine. They have nothing yeah, against you. Yeah. This is how I felt. I was like, what what are you doing? Like the, the story was going away. We were all forgetting. Well, that was the biggest, like on Twitter, the biggest thing was like, I completely forgot about this Justin Timberlake thing until he brought it up again. So like, and okay, hold on. Devil's advocate is like, I understand the fact of like coming out, saying something, not pushing it under the rug, taking responsibility. Like I get it. I'm not you know, shaming him, whatever he wants to do. I just felt from a strategic perspective, I was surprised because it seemed like something that really was being forgotten about. Wait, it also seems like something that could have been released through a publicist. Like I know that's so 2007, but it's, it's still the way that like, I feel like Justin Timberlake level celebrity handles this Typically. or a story. A grid post permanently there with your comments turned on? What? Yeah, he left the com- And I have to tell you something about the comments is that I was, I'm shocked at the way that people are so quick to pass like judgment. Like clearly that wasn't right. Clearly it wasn't the best situation that he was caught in, of course. But to sit for anybody else to be like, you are the worst husband, the worst man. Like wh- What? I don't know. No apology will ever do right for Jessica. It's like, guys, like, let's show, we're, we're acting as if he, like, really, pull, we're acting as if he pulled a Tristan. It was, it was absurd. He didn't. It was just, listen, it wasn't the best situation we caught in. There is, de- it's definitely not a good look, but I don't, he, I think he made it so much worse by releasing this. I kind of did too. Although selfishly, I was thrilled because I was, I had wanted that for so long. I don't know, you know, my, it's almost like you don't admit to something if you don't have anything to admit to. Well, I have to say that my, you know, on our first episode when we talked about this, our stance was like, they seem like such a, you know, happy couple. We really don't think that there's any truth to this in terms of it being an ongoing thing. And I still feel that way. Like I would never make that accusation because I don't know. I will say though, that that doesn't seem to be the common, that doesn't seem to be the murmurs that are going on. No. The murmurs are apparently that whether or not something happened with him and her, this is not the first time. I'm not saying that's true because who, like I, I would never say that. I don't know, but that's what definitely is being spoken about. Right. Which adds a whole other layer to, to all of this. It's very, I don't know. I can't, him releasing a statement like this makes me look at him differently. It's, isn't that weird though, that we feel that way? Yeah, I just, I don't know. To me, it was just very like, I'm covering my own ass and it's like, you don't cover your own ass if you don't have anything to cover. Like that video in and of itself was not right, but it was not incriminating. Mm-hmm. It was not like you're, you're like if, if if they announced their divorce the day after, everyone would have kind of been like, okay, that's dramatic. Like okay, that's a little that's a little like unnecessary. Maybe if yeah. you would maybe work through a little like a one drunk night where they were holding hands for a second. This made it seem like, oh God, I fucked up. I know. I don't know. I. You want to know what I would do, Julie? Truly anything for, anything for. The audio, not even the video, just the audio of the conversation that happened between Justin and Jessica on the night before he decided that he was going to post this. The way, I, I don't know. I don't know how, what the conversation's like. I don't feel like I know enough about celebrity, like inner workings and marriage to be able to say what that would be. I don't either. I don't either. Anyway. I don't know. I hate the whole, like, damned if he does, damned if he doesn't thing. I hate when someone comes out with an apology and it gets ripped to shreds. That's not what I'm doing. I just, I was definitely surprised that it happened. But for, for whatever reason, that felt like the best move, and maybe it was. I felt like it got people talking, but who knows? I feel like at the end of the day, if it was the best move for him 
And Jessica, then it was the best move. Right. That's the way I feel. Exactly. Because she may have felt, you know what, I'm I feel embarrassed and I need you to say something. And if right. that was what it was, and then if that's she's fine. happy, then like it doesn't matter if everyone's not moving past it, if she's able to, and if that helps her, then that obviously is totally. the most important thing. And we didn't hear anything from Alicia. His not that I expected to, obviously, but she didn't say anything either. The co-star, right? The no. co-star, no. Okay. Next thing I want to talk about is so so many things. What do you want to do next? I don't know. Let's let's do the Golden Globe nominations because I feel like you have yeah you have thoughts because I got a lot of thoughts I, and I want to hear them. Okay. Award season is is upon us, folks. Yes, and it is. yesterday the Golden Globe nominations came out, and there were a lot of like ones that we expected, great ones. I was actually really surprised because um, Reese Witherspoon got nominated for the Morning Show but not for Big Little Lies for her thing, which was, like, probably a conscious decision on her team's part, or, like, like they may be nominated for wow. one or not the other. Um, but I was just surprised. I mean, I haven't heard the best things about The Morning Show. I have to be honest with you. I haven't watched it, obviously. But I I can't imagine a role that she's better in than in Big Little Lies. Like, to me, I just think oh that that was God. the the mech. I, you know, Big I Little Lies is, the, is, yeah, is the mecca for everything. It's a TV show, acting, characters, everything. You know, the thing is, I have such a—I have so, so many, like— I have such less ability to talk about this stuff in the way that you do because I don't watch as much TV as you do, obviously. So when I started to fall in love with Big Little Lies, I couldn't tell if it was just because I have such a limited knowledge with TV shows. That you would have liked anything. That I would have, yeah. That like I would a like, kid's first time having candy. Exactly. Or that it was actually genius. And then once I started to even talk to people that are like very well-versed, they're like, no, 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 this was actually genius. So I was so happy that my initial thoughts were true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what I think is so interesting is that um, three of the nominees for Best Motion Picture Drama are Netflix movies. The world is changing, Julie. It's really—I don't know. Am I the only one that thinks that three out of the five movies in the Best Motion Picture Drama, which is the biggest category, are Netflix movies? Which are they? The Marriage Story, The Irishman, and The Two Popes. And then The Joker and 1917 are the ones that were regular release. Crazy. Our world is really just evolving right in front of us. You know that? It's also just so interesting because it's not like Netflix movies are a new thing, but it was always like, oh, it was like a cute rom-com Netflix movie. Like, it was, it like was never movie. like, right, <laughs> exactly. It was yeah. never like Oscar award. It's just so weird. I know. The but then like also, what's the point of going to the movies now? If you're getting all of the best movies on streaming services. I know, it really... It's an interesting thing. Like, have they lost their charm, or is there still that magic of actually going something, seeing it on a giant screen? I still enjoy that. I, I love going to the movies. I think that a movie experience is one of the greatest things in life. I hope that that's not something that dies. Like, but, I really hope it doesn't not exist. You think right. But I feel like in the age we're in, when people are like already don't really want to leave their houses, already paying nine dollars a month or ten dollars a month or whatever it is for Netflix. Why are you going to spend $13 on one movie when you would just watch it at home? I know. It really, I mean, from a from a economical standpoint, it makes sense that the movie industry would be dying, but it just seems like, like, it's so, you know, I'm like really thinking about it now because going to the movies has been an, exper- has been an experience since, yeah. like, people during the Great Depression would go to the movies because it, it was the only, like, affordable thing that they could do to get them out of the house to do anything. To do something. It also is one of the only things that I feel like when you talk to our parents about the differences in dating, like from them versus us, 
it's one of the consistencies. It's like, oh, we would go to the drive-in movie theater or whatever it was. Or like dinner, dinner or we'd and a movie. we would go to dinner and a movie. It's like so many of the well, things. I guess that's Netflix and chill though. But I'm saying so many things that we do, I feel like our parents wouldn't have done, whereas that's one consistent. You could talk to your parents about it. You could talk to your grandparents about it. You know what I mean? Like it was just something that has been done for so long. And I just think the experience, and, it, and the movie-going experience has gotten better. Like it they has. have the giant seats and they bring food to you now. Like it's a whole experience still, but— I don't know if if it's making sense for not only people to not go to the movies, if it also makes sense for people who are making movies to release them on a Netflix versus a widescreen release. Well, I was going to say, I think that you have to be conscious when making it of like, the way that your audience is consuming it. You know what I'm saying? Like, there are certain movies that are just box office. I know everything growing up, you know, went to DVD or whatever it was. But there is there is a certain, I think, element that um, you expect when you're in a theater. Well, that's you know? why, for me, it's so crazy that the best motion picture drama are ones that are being released on Netflix. Because when you think about those movies that you want the experience of sitting in a theater for, yeah. you think of those movies. Yeah. Like, The Irishman is the perfect example of, like, a Martin Scorsese film with— like Al Pacino, like all these people, like that is a movie going experience. Yeah, and it's just not anymore. It's just not anymore, which to us seems bizarre. But you know what's crazy? In ten years or so, that won't even. I bet that that won't even feel like our kids would would never think that that's that's weird. Not that not that the movies will become obsolete, but they wouldn't even think twice about something. If we don't you know have movies saying? anymore, no, Julie, we I don't. don't know what we're gonna do on Christmas. Well, that's the other thing. Yeah, what did Jews do on Christmas? It's almost anti-Semitic to get rid of movies. <laughs> Hot take. Heard it here first. Um, also, let's talk about some of the snubs. Obviously, Euphoria. No. What the fuck? Yeah. No. What the fuck? Tell me. Tell me. I didn't watch, so tell me how you feel. You would love it. I know I would. It's actually weird. It's actually almost weirder that you haven't watched and that it got snubbed from Golden Globes. Yeah, it's very sexual, right? Oh, my God. Are you kidding? Yeah. It's so sexual. It's so my— And you like Jacob Elordi. I do. And then, like, obviously Zendaya. Oh, just forget. She's next level. Oh, my God. Everyone. So, well, what are people saying? Why? Why? I don't know. Is there any— I I haven't seen anything that's, like, a reason as to why it would be snubbed. I'm sure there is. Yeah. I just—I don't know. For me, that show was such a a phenomenon this year. It was, like, there was something about all of—it was something about— the whole way they portrayed the high school experience that was obviously an exaggerated version, but the individual characters that people, as people, I felt like were the most um, 2019, like, reflection of how people and teenagers in society is. Mm-hmm. It was such, like, a, it was really a cultural phenomenon this year, and people fell in love with the show. It was it was just, like, you can see it. Like, people's makeup changed because of the show. Like, do you know what I mean? For well, a show to have the cultural impact where people start actively doing their makeup differently as a reflection of the show is, like, the most tangible example. Well, it's so funny you say that because I was going to say that, obviously, there's a lot of shows that I don't watch, but some of them I don't—it's not it's not noticeable in my everyday conversation that my knowledge of that is lacking. Whereas there were so many times, not just with you, where I really felt like me not watching Euphoria contributed to me not understanding certain cultural references. You know what right. I'm saying? Like my the extent of my knowledge was watching YouTube videos where they did their Euphoria makeup for a week, which even in itself, like the fact that Tana Mojo or any of these huge YouTubers, that was a trend that they did, is big in itself. But I'm saying I found myself impacted very frequently by not being able to keep up with the Euphoria conversation, which speaks volumes. Yeah. 
And there's not a lot of shows. Like, it's not like you're sitting here like, oh, I can't believe I didn't watch The Crown. Another conversation I'm not going to get. Exactly. Like, this was this was the show this year that everyone was talking about. Yeah. Let's talk about some of the snubs for Best Director. Oh, Because okay. no, no women were nominated. Again. Again. So the last time a woman was nominated was 2015. And the only woman who has ever won in the category was Barbara Streisand for Yentl. Unbelievable. But now, you know, do not, you remember 2018 when Natalie Portman gave gave the was introducing the nominees and she wrote and she said for all male nominees? Yeah, it was such a thing. It was such a thing. I last night I feel like I'm just I wanted to really talk about this because last night we were at um, Sports Illustrated Sports Person of the Year and they were honoring Megan Rapinoe and she gets up. Ann Curry uh, gives her the award and she gets up there. And I had never, of course, I know who she is and I've seen her speeches, but I never really, I don't follow her closely right. by any means. And it was the first time I was like being in a room with her and seeing her. And she really, I don't know, it, she was very kind of empowering and and very like, I don't know, I guess she brought out this like feminist energy in me that may sound kind of bizarre, but it, she was very yeah. inspiring in the way that she spoke. And so I guess that now I'm like zoomed in extra to the fact that there were no women nominated. Right. You know what I mean? And then like something that they that they did also in these articles, it's like, because I feel like we see this a lot of times where people are like, this person isn't nominated, like this group of people isn't nominated. Yeah. And then a lot of times people will be like, well, what would they be nominated for? This is like, here are all of the women that could have been nominated for movies that did incredibly well and were nominated in other categories and weren't nominated for director. Yeah, it's one of the, you know what? It just goes to show you have a lot more work to do. Yeah, we're getting Always. there, but we, there's so much more to be done. So Just Fab is a leading fashion and lifestyle brand that strives to inspire, guide, and motivate women around the world to experiment with style. Their mantra is basically that all women are beautiful and that style has no limits. So the idea that like style is personal and it's unique and it's not defined by a certain age or size or look or trend. And the whole idea is that style is an attitude and that anyone can wear it, which I personally, I love that. The way that Just Fab works is you go on, you take a quick kind of 60 second style quiz, which gives you personalized outfit recommendations. You then get a personalized boutique that you can shop over a thousand different styles. You can either then check out as a guest or you can become a VIP, which has a lot of perks. It's like 30 to 50% off retail pricing, free shipping on orders over $39, a lot of different stuff. Um, there's also no commitment to order monthly as a VIP. So again, if you're ready to upgrade your seasonal wardrobe with affordable trending pieces, then you have to check out Just Fab. Get your first Just Fab style for as low as $10 as a VIP. That's 75% off your first item with our special link justfab.com slash cbc to take advantage of this deal now again that's justfab.com slash cbc to get your first style for as low as ten dollars as a vip you can also get free shipping on orders over 39 dollars, and there's absolutely no commitment when you purchase your first order also this is important make sure that you enter in your email address when you take the style quiz because then you can receive like exclusive discounts and the inside scoop about new collections that haven't necessarily been released yet so go to justfab.com slash CBC. Terms and conditions do apply. When on the hunt for a new apartment, we obviously all have things that are kind of non-negotiables for us. I would say for me, top of that list is probably natural light. Just because I know myself, I know I'm more productive throughout the day. I'm honestly just happier throughout the day when I'm getting a lot of natural light. And it's important to know what you want and then really to be able to get that. You know, this is your space that you're living in. So apartments.com has helped millions of renters find their perfect place with powerful search tools to help find a rental listing that checks all your specific unique boxes. 
So first of all, they have 3D virtual tours. So when you can't be there in person, you can take a tour of your possible future home, which is huge because it's one thing for someone to send you photos or to tell you about it, but really to be able to do kind of a virtual walkthrough to me is huge. Also, apartments.com has the most pet-friendly rental listings on the internet, and they have amenity filters, so you can make sure your possible future home has all the amenities you need, whether that's in-unit washer-dryer, air conditioning, dishwasher, balcony. For me, in my next place, in-unit washer-dryer is like hands down very, very high. So visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. Okay, next thing that I want to talk about, this is so like bizarre, but I just wanted to mention it. So Billie Eilish is doing this interview for Variety, and she's a vegan. She's been known to be a vegan. And someone, they were asked her about uh, Lady Gaga's infamous meat dress, and she just responded, yikes. <laughs> Lady Gaga's fans go fucking wild. They start this hashtag, Billie Eilish is over party. This was like peak internet. Are you guys fucking kidding me? This was one where it's like fucking chill. Like, literally, she wore a meat dress. Obviously, it's okay for a vegan to say yikes about a meat dress. And also, the whole thing was, like, all of these Lady Gaga fans, because I was reading Twitter, like, so intensely because I just couldn't believe these reactions. Because, first of all, it's not like this dress is one where everyone else is like, I loved that dress, and it was so amazing that she wore that. And Billie Eilish was the first person to be like, yeah, I don't know about a meat No one has ever, like, been on board with the meat dress. And also, it happened— what, 10 years ago? It was at the VMAs when I was a senior in high school. I mean, come on. It was or just so ridiculous. And all of these Lady Gaga fans were tweeting about, like, really nasty, nasty things um, at Billy. And also, somebody was—I saw a couple of tweets that was, like, the meaning of the meat dress and, like, what it represented and why she wore it. And I'm not 100% sure off the top of my head because I actually saw a couple of different reasons. But— there was some meaning towards her wearing that. And I saw a lot of people on Twitter responding to those, like a lot of like really high up pop culture people being like, this is not a known fact. Like do, you can't blame Billie Eilish for not knowing it because this is not a known thing across pop culture that that's what the dress represents. I, have no, I, had no, I have no idea. Yeah. I still don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. And I don't feel, I don't feel at all unintelligent for not. But I'll tell you something, I was there. I saw it in, in person right next to me and it was me. It was for sure. Did it sure. smell? No. I've always wondered if it smelled. Not from where I was. How did it not smell? To be honest, I wasn't sitting like next to her, so I don't know. I was a couple rows back, but I, for me, it didn't. Also, I can't believe that Billie Eilish is like being treated like she criticized a regular outfit. As if like somebody wore a green dress and she as was if like, she's like, body I don't shaming, really yeah. like it. As if she's like literally body shaming. She wore like, meat. Yeah. She wore a That's barbecue a, on Julie, her body. That is how, do you want to know that is how crazy our world has become? That, that, that's like a thing now. Like, how dare her? And then I'm sure you have the climate activists on the other hand, on the other end, like, it's red meat. Can everyone Down chill? with Gaga. It's, it's really unbelievable. I don't know. Just wanted to touch on that because I think it, it just goes to show how kind of intensive the fan bases can be. Oh, my God. Stressful. And then there was the whole other thing with Billie Eilish on Kimmel. Yeah. What did you think of that? You know, okay. So basically, she had he had her on and he was asking her, if if she knew all these different artists and the whole thing was or all it, of these different things it was he was he was showcasing her age really right and he was kind of testing her that was the whole point of the game and he asked her something about Van Halen and she didn't know who it was she like had never heard of him and she got so much backlash for that like how could you be so big in the music industry and not know one of the most iconic art whatever the whole thing Jimmy Kimmel then got a lot of shit for saying like why are 
the biggest tweet I saw was basically to the theme of like, why are these men in power putting down young women for their lack of knowledge? Yeah, like why why do men have to try and make young women seem stupid? I have to be honest, after like watching it and after getting, I, I see that side of it. Like I can understand how it was, how it came across that way totally. I didn't feel, I felt like, um, you know, Billy's team wouldn't have agreed to it if it wasn't something that they were down for. I don't think that by no means was that uh, Jimmy's intent, but it it didn't, when you watch it, it wasn't a good look. Like, it, I don't know, in our day and age, it just came across as not. The way I felt about it was, the way I feel about Billie Eilish is that her age is her superpower. Like her being so young and so talented only makes her more talented. Yeah. It's like when you look at her and one of the first things you say is, I cannot believe she is 17. And if she was older, you would still say how talented and amazing she is, but you lose the age factor of how unbelievable it is to be so young and doing all of these things and have such a good head on her shoulders. So the way I felt was not so much that he was trying to make her look stupid. I just felt like people try and make your, and not just Jimmy Kimmel, and I don't think it was a conscious thing. I just think a lot of people try and make your age a weakness rather than a strength, where I feel like it is truly one of Billie Eilish's biggest strengths. Yeah, I completely, completely agree with you. I think it was supposed to be meant like to be lighthearted, obviously. I think it was too. I could could understand, even though I wasn't judging it at all, I could understand after like, eh, didn't sit right. Well, it wasn't a good look. Well, also it was like the entire internet backlash. If there were no backlash, it would just be like, okay, Billy Eilish didn't know this. And then you move on. But everyone freaks out because they're so quick to jump on things. And I, and even Jimmy Kimmel during the interview was like, because Billy says like, why are you trying to make me look stupid? Like kind of jokingly. And he says like, well, if you asked me questions about today, I wouldn't know. Like he was trying to equate it. Mm-hmm. And which is a fair point. And I think that other people took her not knowing and really ran in the wrong direction with mm-hmm. it. Whereas I don't think it was Jimmy Kimmel's intent, but it came off that way. Yeah. It's kind of like the reverse of this okay boomer thing. Yeah. I have which I have to tell you, by the way, I was listening to, I was watching the news, or no, my dad was watching it and I heard it. And it was like the local New Jersey news. It wasn't like, you know, and I don't know, I have no idea who this reporter was, but he was genuinely so offended by the OK Boomer thing. He's like, they think that they can just say that and it, he's like, and that totally disqualifies everything. Just because we don't know it, like it totally disqualifies us entirely. It's just so funny because they don't understand that the whole point of OK Boomer is how offended people get by OK Boomer. Yeah. It's like, it's like you know when you call somebody a name or something, like when you're little and they get so offended, and you're like, if you didn't get so offended, I would have stopped a while ago. Exactly, exactly. Kind of like why Kim continues to call Corny all the things she calls her, because yeah. Corny reacts. You know? God, yeah. God I, I'm sorry. I'm just so excited to get to the Kardashian recap. We'll get there, I know, so much. Okay, I really want to talk about Ashley Graham on the cover of Vogue. I, I don't know if you guys how you feel about her or if you feel any way about her at all. But I personally have always really, really liked her. I just, way before I ever actually like met her, I always just felt like she had this really like authentic air towards her. And yeah. she was really like just herself. And I and I, I appreciated that about her. And then remember we met her and she could not have been nicer. Was so like, like is so one of those people that I feel like just truly wants to talk to you as if you are any other person. Right. You know what I mean? Like, doesn't recognize her kind of star power. Yes. Doesn't, I doesn't, so agree. Doesn't that come across? Yeah, it, it really does. And I think that, and something she talks about in the interview that we'll get into is, is she's just been in the industry for so long and it's kind of 
only more recently that she's become the star power. So she's like a Shawn Mendes or uh, like uh, Billie Eilish where she carries the weight of not being known around with her and can't fully, I, I just feel like she has that air where she can't fully accept yet that like this is, she's in it. Like right. she's big. Right. Or in not, like the best way, you know what I mean? Yeah, or not even not accept it, just like not not change any of the way that she communicates. I don't know. I mean, listen, I don't know her. I, I met her one time, but I'm saying it's just the vibe that I got. I just have this feeling about her. You've also heard, you have never heard a negative thing about no, her. No, I haven't. Ever. Every every person, like a, she, a lot of her glam people have done interviews. Every person she's ever worked with has said the kindest things. And every other celebrity has always spoken so kindly about her. Yeah. And I think it really goes to show like, the people that she has on her on her podcast, which I haven't I haven't really listened, but I've watched some clips. It's like she's interviewing Whitney Cummings totally barefoot, talking right. about talking about her boobs. Like she doesn't care. She's like, listen, I'm pregnant, my feet hurt. I don't want to wear shoes. I'm not going to wear shoes. And I love that. I just so appreciate that in a person and in a woman. Just like she's like a very authentic human she's, being. She seems that way. She's so I mean, really beautiful. Like when you see her, she's one of those things. Remember when uh, Kim was talking about how North saw. Um, Winnie Harlow. Winnie Harlow for the first time. And she was like, oh my God, mom, she's beautiful. That's how I feel like when I saw her, Ashley, and I always say that way about Ashley Graham, but when I saw her on the cover of Vogue, I was like, oh my God, she's beautiful. I will never forget seeing her for the first time at JFK and texting you and being like, number one, I need the YSL back that she had. And number two, I've never seen better skin. Ever. She's that was literally she's my text. glowing. Yeah, it's boom. almost unfair that she has a pregnancy glow. Yes. it's You're so right. So she's on the cover of Vogue and... A lot of things here. We just wanted to touch on some of our favorite points. So first she talked about um, having sex while pregnant. And she said, quote, I feel like every relationship goes in waves of sex. You're like, hey, do we need to plan this? And now with pregnancy, things have been really different. Because there's this huge bulge that can be sensitive if you lay on it or go into a new position. I've been literally asking every single one of my friends who have had babies or who are, who are pregnant, like, what position do you guys do? This has to be a normal conversation among mothers. Again, love. Like, uh, sex while pregnant should be one of the most openly discussed things. And for some reason, it is still taboo. It is. Yeah. It really is. And that comes out the most when you talk about it with certain men and you see that they sh- they get this shift in, in like their comfort level. Right. Which is so unfortunate, but it's the truth. And I just love her so openly talking about it. I just do. Yeah. Also, um, so her husband, Justin Irvine, I've been a follower of them for a while. Like yeah, you I just, have them. I don't know what it is. I just love couples where you can visibly see how into each other they are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's sweet. It, it's so sweet. And you can so see that with them. You're right. And so I'm going to read you this, this one little excerpt from the interview. One day in 2005, when Graham was still working in relative obscurity as a plus-size catalog model, she was running in the elevator as a volunteer at The Journey, a non-denominational, a non, a non-denominational church in Manhattan she attended. A newcomer got on. Hi, welcome to the journey, she purred. It was Justin Irvin, who was so enchanted that he skipped Sunday service and rode up and down with her all morning. A couple of days later, in an uncreepy way, she says, he found Graham on Facebook. Eventually, they went out for coffee, dated for a year, and got married when Ashley was just 22. Quote, when I tell Justin that it took us about four seconds to start behaving like we've known each other since high school, he says... Ashley could have been cast as Wonder Woman because she actually has a golden lasso. That old TV show with Linda Carter, she would toss that golden lasso, put a lariat on somebody, and they would tell the truth. That's what Ashley does. She disarms people into being able to tell the truth immediately. I love that. First off, I had no idea that they were. Tw- she was 22 when they got married. Me either. I, I didn't realize how long they'd been together. I, I just didn't realize that she was that young at the time. I, I love, I think being described in this way is such 
a beautiful thing. It was kind of like when Tommy Dorfman was describing Pete Davidson. And yes. I was like, that's such a nice way to say it. I think that having, like acknowledging that someone has the skill to immediately make f- people feel comfortable is such a nice thing to say. That's such, yeah. That is such a compliment. Yeah. Especially someone in her line of work where part of her job is doing that, like her podcast or even just, she does a lot of things like that, like hosting type things. And that's part of it. You have to make people feel that way. You have to have like a palpable warmth yeah. to be able to. Which I feel she does. Yeah, she does. And yeah, I think that, yeah, I think that everyone who comes in contact with her and, and does things with her always says that they feel so comfortable with her almost immediately. No, totally. Also, she talked about um, being a plus size model, wrote, I'm, I just, I'm gonna read you a couple excerpts. I think it's really good. I think it's worth it. And honestly, there was a lot of Vogue stuff this week, so you may have not gone to, to all yeah, of it. Yeah, we got a lot of Vogue going there on. There was a lot of interviews also. It was Beyonce with Elle, Cardi with Vogue, Ashley. There was a lot. So if you didn't get to it, let me just tell you a little. Um, Graham wasn't always so self-confident. She was discovered in, in a mall in Omaha when she was 12 years old, and her first job was modeling bras for a defunct Midwestern chain that sold everything from makeup to electronics. I don't know if it's even legal to have a 12-year-old model a bra, she says. Right out of the gate, Graham was labeled with the vague yet too specific words, plus size. If you would have asked me then if I felt plus size, I would have said, well, I'm 12 12 years old and a size 10. I had no correlation with that word. And as I grew up in the plus size industry, it was like everybody was trying to do away with that label, get rid of it. And now we are in a generation where women are embracing plus size again. They're embracing the word fat. They're embracing curvy and big girl because women are not one dimensional. Why use just one word to describe such a wide variety of women? I mean, yeah, like, I couldn't have said it any could, better. I couldn't have said it any better myself. I've always, always, always thought she was such a champion in this regard. Yeah. I admire and not envy. I guess I really just admire her her self-confidence. Yeah. Which I like that she says it wasn't always there. Right. It's like with a lot of, with a lot of these celebrities, specifically ones that I think are objectively so beautiful, you— like I at least always think like, so did they do they have this confidence? Did they always have this confidence? Where did it come from? And it really is so humanizing to hear like their journey into it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Definitely. I never take this stuff as like, oh my God, like you don't have to be so you don't have to be so humble. Like I I believe what she's saying is true. Totally. You know? Yeah, of course. I think that yeah, I, I think that everyone who comes forward with this kind of, you know, confidence wasn't always there there's a truth to their story and it's you know it's like they wouldn't have gotten to the place that they are in if they if that confidence had been there their whole life it was almost like they had to learn a lesson to get to that point they talked about um so in i, I don't know if you guys remember this but in 2010 she did this lane bryant ad and i didn't remember this i did i did i kind of forgot a little bit as you were as you were, as i was reading it um last night i did so she does this ad for lane bryant that kind of like basically got banned from television and she goes, it was dubbed too risque. And it was just me in lingerie in a trench coat going to meet my boyfriend for lunch and, you know, eating an actual meal. And it almost got taken off the air. Then Vogue says, but the media declared it a fat shaming moment and the press and the press forced them to keep it on. She goes, because why would a size 16 model in lingerie be banned from television and not a size two model? Suddenly, Graham was doing Leno and fielding dozens of radio and press interviews. It put me on the map, she says, and it started a conversation which I I had never pinpointed this as the turning point in her career. Right. So it was interesting to hear her do so. I Yeah, and it, I mean, clearly it was. I just, I didn't have a memory of that. She then, they, you know, she was asked, like, has she ever tried to fit the mold and tried to be thin? And she says, I've never been thin, so I don't even know what that feels like. But I've had people tell me I needed to lose weight. I've tried every diet known to man, but they don't work because I'm a curvy woman, a big-boned, healthy 
corn-fed Nebraska girl. It is who I am. And once I accepted that, the more confident I became. And that's when my career really started to take off. I don't know why I felt this like vicarious sense of calmness. Yeah. It just, I love, I so appreciate this. I so appreciate this dialogue. And I think that it's one that it just isn't had enough. And I just look up to her so much. I really do. Like I I was impacted by it. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people were. I love the way that she speaks so proudly. Also, by the way, they're having a boy. She announced the gender to Vogue before the, before, like the, when she was doing the interview, the interviewer didn't know that she was announcing it to, to, right. it to Vogue. And she did. And they had they're decided ha- beforehand that that's yeah. how they were going to do they're it. They're having a boy, which. Talk about a gender reveal. Oh my God. That's the only gender reveal I've ever seen that I like. A Vogue gender reveal. Same. The four Vogue covers this month are Greta Gerwig, Stella McCartney, Cardi B, and then obviously Ashley, which Cardi and culture. Culture's a little fucking cutie. We've said it from day one. Cute kid. Cute kid. They make cute kids. Yeah. They they just do. Hollywood just makes cute kids. (laughs) You know? Ain't that the goddamn truth? I guess it's just because it's just a bunch (laughs) of good looking people (laughs) fucking each other and having kids. Okay, I kind of can't believe that we're doing an ad for this company because these are and have been my favorite suitcases for so, so, so long. It's a way. I'm sure you guys have seen them everywhere. They're on Instagram a lot. They're truly the best suitcases ever. And their whole thing is that like everybody has a different travel style and they know that. So they offer a very wide range of suitcases that have different materials and like polycarbonate, aluminum, nylon, colors, carry-on sizes, all different kind of things that make it right for you. So one of the things that I love is that all of their suitcases have four um, 360-degree spinner wheels. So you're not like lugging it. You can kind of you know roll it right beside you, which especially in large airports is a huge, huge game changer. Um, they also all have TSA-approved combination locks to like keep everything safe. And I am obsessed with this. They have this like interior organization system kind of, and it has this built-in compression pad. So it helps you, number one, be able to pack more things in. And then on the other side, it has like this hidden and removable laundry bag, which is the most easy way to separate your dirty clothes. Which like for me, I don't know, this has changed my life. We go to LAX all the time and this is the easiest thing. So for $20 off any suitcase or bag, visit awaytravel.com slash CBC and use promo code CBC during checkout. Again, for $20 off any suitcase or bag, visit awaytravel.com slash CBC and use promo code CBC during checkout. Do you want to talk a little bit about Cardi and Offset? Yeah, I would love nothing more would you to just talk. T- would you tell everyone it happened? Because it's, it's kind of wild. Okay. <laughs> Let's get into a little Cardi Offset. Yeah. It's a fun way to break it up. So Cardi and Offset, I don't know if you have seen, but I'm sure you have. They shut down rumors that Offset was DMing with Takashi 69s girlfriend, Jade. And apparently, he slid into her DMs at like 1.36 in the morning and sent her something like, miss you, FR, for real. And she posted that on Instagram and wrote like, your wife Cardi has an open criminal case. Why are you writing me? You don't, you don't respect her. They have a case against each other. She, Jade accused Cardi of ordering an attack on her. So there's an open criminal case going on between Cardi and Jade at this time. So she continues in the caption saying, there's a lot of shit I haven't exposed yet, but there's a time for that. I'm the queen of talking shit now and I'm backing it up. So not long after she had posted that video, Cardi and Offset woke up and discovered that Offset had been hacked on Twitter. And there was like a bunch of tweets 
um, that Offset obviously didn't write. And they also, you know, in an Instagram video posted that and then posted um, and showed emails from Instagram saying there's been suspicious activity on your account. And they were basically saying, Cardi's like, he didn't do this. Like, this was a hack and people are fucking with us and they're trying to whatever. Um, A lot of fans after the fact then pointed out that the tweets happened sometime after the DM was sent. So people are kind of speculating whether or not the tweets were done or the hack was, you know, kind of staged as a way to protect Offset from the possible DM that he sent when he was out drunk. <laughs> Julie, Julie's so nervous. <laughs> I don't, I just, they're showing, they were showing the emails. And if Cardi believes him, then I believe him. And that's all there is to it. I agree with you. I am I mean, you know, we are rooting for them. I don't care how dumb we look. I just think they're soulmates. (laughs) I I don't care how dumb we look. I know there was infidelity before. I'm going to—here's my thing. Okay, if he's going to cheat on the road one time, maybe. You think he's dumb enough or horny enough to slide into the DMs of the girl that Cardi has a criminal case with? No, I don't. When Cardi is your wife, and you know this woman goes harder than literally anyone, you're going to— do that, like mess with literally anyone else. There's just no way. Which, by the way, if anybody's curious, her Instagram is underscore oh so you jade. This is Takashi Six Nine's girlfriend. Of course, you guys know he's um, in prison right now. You you got to just take a little stock, just so that you can really put the story just fully take together. A stock down take take line. a little stock, and then you'll you'll you know you'll be able to pin, paint more of a picture. I call bullshit on this one. Not saying he doesn't cheat. I hope he doesn't, but I'm not saying he doesn't. I'm not. I'm. I am saying I don't believe he would be so dumb to do it with this woman. I don't think so either. That being, I really don't. I know you don't. I know you don't want to, and I know you also actually don't. Also, that being said, though, there is some truth to, like, the thrill of it. Like, I do think some people, specifically sometimes men, get this thrill of doing something that they know could go so, so, so wrong. Just putting it out there. <laughs> Are you talking about your own experiences or offsets? <laughs> That seemed like a whole other conversation. That seemed like, do you want to talk about something? Am I projecting? Are you projecting? <laughs> you Be honest. <laughs> a little projection. It's okay. We'll talk about it after. No, but you know what I mean? Yeah, I obviously know what you mean. So we'll see. I mean, I don't know. All I know is that if this is true, I I, I pray for everyone involved because it's just not It's not true. Let's say it's not. Leave them alone. Can everyone leave them alone? Yeah. They're so good together. You know? I also, I want to just make the announcement, although I think that you all know that Snooki is leaving Jersey Shore. She said it on her podcast last week. And according to a source, quote, production knew that she had been thinking about this, so they were not a surprise. The most surprised are the cast, but I think they all understand that she is just exhausted and wants to try and do something on her own. I think she just probably bu- probably bummed out, burned out. What I wanted to say about this is, in all honesty, I have not been an avid Jersey Shore watcher the past couple of years. When when we were in high school and it first came out. No, there was nothing better in the whole world. It was like my Super Bowl. Every single night I'd get ready. I'd have my laptop. I had my phone. I had like, I wasn't moving from that room. And I had like, I was talking to five different people about it at the same time. Like I was so zoomed in. I remember the early seasons when, do you remember what I'm talking about? When Wow had a boyfriend and he, she cheated on him with Polly. Like, Obviously I remember. Though that to I me remember was like, every, I was obsessed. That was peak reality television. And listen, they all got their acts together and they all have become successful and had their own families and all this kind of stuff. Maybe not Ronnie, but. (laughs) For the most part, no. And realistically, like it lost its magic and that's fine. And I think that she's so smart to tap out now. Well, yeah. And I think that it it lost its magic because the the whole show was just this this group of 20-somethings 
who were crazy and wild and did not have a care in the world. And now you're watching them and they have so many cares and yeah. so many other responsibilities and careers and all of these things. And the drama of it all, knowing this all about their lives seems so contrived now. And it's just so, it's just, you can't recreate the magic of a show like Jersey Shore, which I know sounds ridiculous to, sh- to say, but there was just something about turning your TV on when you were in middle school and seeing a bunch of Italians on the Jersey Shore partying for an entire summer, living in the same house, doing the craziest shit, and they could get away with anything. No, I mean, that was, we don't see reality. That's why Julie and I were so happy when MTV came out with Are You The One? And specifically, it was this season where every single person in the house was bisexual. So the matches could have been anyone because that is like, peak reality television. Yeah. They these nobody they didn't care. They had no inhibitions. They would say whatever they wanted, would do whatever. That's the kind of reality television. The problem with these reality stars once they get successful is because then, then they have a brand. Yeah. And they ha- they can't do the same shit that they did season 1 because it just wouldn't fly anymore. And it's like, wait, we want the people with no brand. We want the people that are shameless. If we want to turn on our television and watch reality television, like you know what I want from you? All I can think about is Teal Tequila. Truly? That's how often do you think about Teal Tequila? A lot. Like once a day, probably. Well, she's totally went off the deep end. I mean, if you guys see her stuff, it's like she's one she's, of the most problematic, offensive, like, I, I, I mean, no, racist. She's ha- disgusting. No, she's, she's, but I'm saying she has become like, it's so, cr- I don't know. It's just so crazy. All of these people that, that, that we used to watch growing, I don't know. Man, Teal Tequila was. Crazy. Crazy. That was the craziest shit my eyes had ever seen. At that age, that was the craziest show How on television. We, to watch that? we weren't. I, I remember. I remember. I remember so vividly, my parents not being home, or my parents like I was downstairs and they were upstairs. Like I would do anything to watch that show, and it's only recently that me and my sister have been with my parents and we've been like, like talking to them, like, like you don't even understand what we used to watch. But can we go back for a second to like, do you guys remember like, the good seasons of the Real World? Yeah. Oh my god! Like, I, I you knew when it went when it switched to camera mode and you saw those blankets moving. You're like, oh fuck yes! You, yeah, when it's like but, night mode and all of a sudden you and you know that they banged and you're like, oh my god! Like that was I think in a lot of in a lot of ways my I think those VH1 and MTV shows in a lot of ways were my first introduction to sex. Yeah, they really were. Whether how unhealthy that may be, like even Flavor of Love, Rock of Love with Brett Michaels. Like I, well, it was the first time that you were really seeing it in a reality and not in a TV scripted. Like yeah. you were seeing sex, you know, kind of constantly actually growing up. But it was you knew you knew that it was a TV show. Yeah, this was you're real. watching this and you're watching a reality show, and all of a sudden it switches to night mode, and you're like, oh my god, like this isn't. This isn't for a show. This isn't acting. Like, this is them having sex on camera. And also, at the time, I mean, we were, let's say, I don't know how old are you when you're watching this stuff, 14, 15, 16, anywhere from, let's say, 12. I was younger, Let's yeah. say 12 to 17. You know, the people on the shows were between, like, 22 and 26, let's say. 21 and 26. And when you're a 14-year-old, that is the coolest age like, yeah, it's something we talk about a lot now. It's because I'm 25 and Julie's 23. And we always joke, it's like, how did we think that people our age were adults? Like, it's unbelievable that we used to think like, wow, they really, not only do they have it all figured out, but like, they can do whatever the fuck they want. Like, it's like, no, you're st- like, you're still a person. Like, we yeah. thought that they were, you know what I'm saying? Well, because I was watching, I, and you and I are the same in this regard of like what we used to watch, because you used to be so much better with TV. I did. And, but like, everything we watched was like those 
crazy reality, the rock of love. I love New York, flavor, flavor, like all of those things. Like I said to you the other day and I was like, I just had the weirdest memory of like a Scott Bayo thing. And you were like, oh, when the girlfriend gave the, the book of her hooking up with the other girl and he hated it because she felt like he, she was cheating on him. And I was like, that is such like a deep part of my memory that I can't yeah. believe that you also knew that. But it was one of those things where it was like, it was a certain time. Not everyone was watching that. Not everyone had the freedom to like go downstairs and watch the TV and their parents were upstairs distracted. Like a lot of people I remember had really strict boundaries on not only what they could watch, but when they could watch TV. And my parents were never like that. It was just like, watch TV. Like as long as you're not yelling and fighting, you're watching TV, it's fine. And I just feel like so much of, I guess my opinions on like sex things come from watching those raunchy TV shows. It was like the first time that you saw something and you were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is not what I'm used to. No, not what I'm used to in the best way possible. I think that that would be a really fun episode, by the way. Like just a a deep dive of like the surreal life, even like celebrity um, fit club. What was it called? The the weight loss show for celebrities. It's like B-list celebrities. Like all of those. We should do one one of those one time. Just like a walk down memory lane. That's my first introduction to Janice Dickinson. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Okay, too much there. I'm sorry. We went on a huge tangent. But I feel like that's There's nostalgia. so much to unpack there. There's that's a lot. like. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. I wonder if, if you guys are into that, please let us know. Like if you would love, if you would like an episode on that or if you at all feel that same sort of nostalgia towards those shows that we do. Okay, let's talk about Beyonce. Duh. I mean, I know you've waited your entire life to hear me say those say words. Say it again. <laughs> so, well, slowly. Let's talk about Beyonce. So she was um, in this issue of Elle and she did like an Ask Me Anything. So she was answering fans' questions. By the way, what she was promoting was the new Ivy Park Adidas collab. I have to tell you, I know Kim has become kind of like the, Kim and Kylie, and I think all of the Kardashians have really, really made a name for themselves in terms of marketing their products or their collabs. And I get that they're amazing. But when Beyonce comes out, it's like, oh shit, I forgot for a second. That Ivy Park promo shot was with her incredible. hair from the back. Yes. Hair, no. The grills. She, she is, she has swag on a level that has. No, she's just like truly an unbelievable human being. I can't. And also she owns a hundred percent of Ivy Park. And she's like one of the youngest people to own their own athleisure brand. And she's the only um, African-American woman to own 100% of an athleisure brand. It's unbelievable. That's my fucking girl. No, she kills it. So I want to read a couple of the questions. One said, what stresses you out? You always look like you are in control. Which, by the way, something that I really liked that they did is they specified the medium in which these questions were received. So like that question came from Instagram. There were some that came from Facebook, some that came from email. And I don't know. I just felt like it added a sense of intimacy. Yeah. So she says, I think the most stressful thing for me is balancing work and life, making sure I'm present for my kids, dropping blue off at school, taking Rumi and Sir to their activities, making time for date nights with my husband, and being home in time to have dinner with my family, all while running a company can be challenging. Juggling all of those roles can be stressful, but I think that's life for any working mom. She could, uh, would, we see you at the air? would we see you at the supermarket or Target? What do you buy? The last time I went to a supermarket, it was more like a bodega before a Madonna concert. Jay and I snuck into one in Crenshaw and bought some Cuervo and Funyuns, Funyuns chips. And y'all know you see me at Target and I see y'all trying to sneak pics. Yeah, she is at Target a lot. Um, someone says, everybody's weight fluctuates. How does it make you feel when people are constantly commenting on your appearance? If someone told me 15 years ago that my body would go through so many changes and fluctuations and that I would feel more womanly and secure with my curves, I would not have believed them. But children and maturity have taught me to value myself beyond my physical appearance and really understand that I am more than enough no matter what stage I'm at at life. Giving zero fucks is the most liberating place to be. 
Also knowing true beauty is something you cannot see. I wish more people focus on discovering the beauty within themselves rather than critiquing other folks' girls. Ooh, love that line. Oh my God. It is a reminder. It's like when you hear Beyonce, who has been dubbed as probably objectively one of the most beautiful women in Hollywood, and then to hear her say, like, you have to know that true beauty is something that you can't see. Yeah. It's a nice reminder because I think we all forget. Yeah, we do. And especially also when you're looking at someone like Beyonce, you're like, she is one of those people, and I have to say honestly, she is one of those people where you're like, you're almost like, oh, easy for you to say. Like, you're so fucking beautiful. Like, everyone knows it. And then you hear all these things about her, and you're like, oh, my God, you have so many layers to you that it's almost like when you say it, it carries so much more weight than anybody else saying it. Also, though, what I think I— what I think I what really resonated with me about Beyonce, and this happened for the first time when I watched the Homecoming documentary, is that, like, as as a fan of someone or as like a you know an onlooker, you see these people and you think like, oh, they are so beautiful. What could they possibly be insecure about? And I think that it's it's easy at first to have that like, what could you be complaining about kind of right. mindset. And then when you hear Beyonce or when I watched her in Homecoming, so honestly talk about her insecurities associated with her weight or whatever it was. It's like, you have to remember that everybody is only operating within themselves. Like right. it's so easy for us to say, but for that person, that's all they know. So it like it, it almost takes that away, that idea of like, you have nothing to complain about. It's like, no, this is her reality. She's allowed to feel whatever she feels, even if we can't see her imperfections. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like it's twofold because it's one, like honoring yourself and honoring your body and feeling confident, which she does, but also being honest about like, she has insecurities and she has things that she doesn't feel perfect about. And I don't know, it's very humanizing. She's also somebody I think whose weight and their weight fluctuation has been so like captured by the media and so followed because, I mean, like people see it and people point it out and it's always a thing. And, and you know, she's somebody who every time she posts a picture, there's pregnancy rumors. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean like her weight fluctuates. So when, you know, a couple months ago, she's posting something and she looks a little bit thinner. And the next one she's posting her weight has fluctuated. People all of a sudden jump on that. And I think one of the most powerful things that she speaks about and especially watching her in the documentary and all these things is like, that's what weight's supposed to do. Exactly, exactly. It's like, there. you know what? It, it carries a different weight when you hear it from, when you hear it from someone like that. Like, I I don't know. I, for so long, was like, why does it matter when so-and-so says that? Like, why does it matter if a celebrity's saying that? Like, I, people always, you know, tell celebrities, speak on this, bring attention to that. And it's like, why does their words carry more weight? But then when it, when it comes to bodies, that's when the it really first started to resonate me resonate with me the power because they have the power. Someone like a Beyonce has the power to change a conversation or effectively start the change of a conversation of saying like, yeah, I'm curvier and yeah, I love my curves. Yeah. Like that is so powerful for young women to hear. It's so important. And it's just, it's equally as important for um, a, a woman who's super thin to be able to say, I love my body because this is my body. Like just really acknowledging like whatever it is, it's okay because it's you. Yeah. And it, I just think, I don't know why, every time she speaks on it, it, it makes me so happy. Not for like me, for the younger women. Like I know myself in high school and I would have so loved like reading this interview. Yeah. I would have felt so empowered by it. I think older, like everybody, everybody, I don't know. There's just something about when Beyonce speaks, it's like you have to take a second and listen. I want to, um, yeah, there was a lot. I definitely, definitely, definitely take a look at that interview. She also said, they asked, what question do you hate to answer? She goes, are you pregnant? Get off my ovaries. Exactly. And someone goes, what's your Snapchat name? We know you're on there. She goes, I hate to say it. I hope I don't sound ridiculous, but I don't know what my Snapchat is. Sorry to, sorry to that, Snapchat. Which is obviously a play on the whole Kiki Palmer thing, but like, 
oh my God. It, this is one of those moments when Beyonce references something and we're like, oh my God, we have the same cultural references. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we're making fun of the same things. Oh my God. There's also something that I love about Beyonce doing this because I've always loved the way that she interacts with her fans. And I think it's very Ariana Grande-esque because I always speak about that too, where it's like, she speaks to them as if she is your friend. Like she is talking to you as if you are just having a conversation. She's answering these questions as if you were her friend and you happen to like text her and ask her a question. Yeah. And Ariana Grande does that on Twitter all the time and I love it. And I think it just, I think that when you're talking to your fans and acknowledging that they are also just people, it creates, I don't know, it's such an authenticity and it's so like just nice to see. Yeah, especially we know she's not doing it via comments. So if she can do it in this way, then that's great. So if you guys have been listening, you know that we are huge fans of this company. We're talking about Third Love, and basically their whole thing is that they do bras differently. Their belief is kind of that every woman deserves to feel comfortable and confident every day and have the right kind of support to help her do this, which I have been super transparent. I literally do not wear bras ever, and when I have to, this is the only bra that I use. So I want to tell you how it works. First off, they have a Fit Finder quiz, and the way that it works is you just go on, you answer a few simple questions, and it helps you find your perfect fit in 60 seconds. So over 15 million women have taken the quiz. It's fun. Like, it's you're basically going on and answering questions about your boobs, which, I mean, I could do all day personally. Um, and then it helps you kind of identify your breast size, your shape, and it helps you find styles that fit your body. They also, I love this. They have um, a perfect fit promise. So every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test. And if you don't love it, you can return it, and they will wash it and donate it to a woman in need, which is honestly amazing. They also have this team of kind of like their expert fit stylists, and their whole job is just helping you find your perfect fit, and they're available to chat via chat or email or whatever it is, really to like make sure that you get the exact bra that works for you. So Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash celebs now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash celebs for 15% off today. I have to talk about this because it's so culturally relevant that if God forbid anyone's not aware, I just need you to be. And if you are, I just want to talk about it. The Peloton ad and oh Ryan Reynolds God. response. Okay, so- if anybody is unaware what Peloton is, basically it's an at-home stationary spin bike that comes with the streaming service. It has a TV and you can basically take classes from your house as if you're in a spin class or other classes. They have a lot of workout classes and it's really like, it's very pricey, um, but it is, it's an excellent product. And they come out with this commercial for the holidays and in it, it's this actress, her name is Monica Ruiz. And the whole premise of the commercial is that she is gifted a bike for Christmas by her husband. He like, you know, she opens her eyes, she sees it, she's so excited. And over the course of the next however many days, she basically vlogs herself doing working out. So every morning she's like, didn't want to get up this morning, but here I am, I'm on the bike. Or like you see her in bed and she's like, don't want to get out of bed, but I'm so happy I'm on the bike. And she's vlogging this. And at the end of the commercial, you see her basically play this vlog that she made for her husband, showing him how happy she is with this purchase. Immediately, it got so much backlash because it came across, or the feedback was um, that it was just like sexist, cringeworthy, disturbing. It almost seemed as if she was being held hostage. And yeah. Like, it was like she was being forced to work out against her will. Which obviously wasn't their intention at all. The whole, I read a lot about this because I was so curious because every time a giant marketing feel, feel, fail like this happens, I guess I just get so curious. And 
what Peloton was saying is like, no, what we were trying to convey is that it's so much more than just a workout and that it's really a whole like mind, body, spirit thing. And how after the journey, she felt so much better and she was so much more in touch with herself. And that's what they were trying to convey, which later was described as like, I totally get it, but that's very hard to convey via a commercial. Right. And like, it just came off as so dystopian. It was so not their intention, but oh my God, it was so off. It was truly like she was being held against her will. So, which, by the way, did you know this? It wasn't like this commercial just aired. The commercial, it didn't? no, it came out a little a little while ago. It just recently got attention, and that's why their stock. Oh, I so didn't realize. Oh, their stock, their stock plummeted about a billion. Yeah, nine hundred forty-two million in stock, but in one day. I have to tell you, somebody made a really good point. It could have even been Yashar Ali on on Twitter. I just can't fully remember where he was saying that. Um, you know, their stock plummeted, but I can't imagine a scenario in which this didn't bring, honestly, so much brand attention to people who had never heard of Peloton before. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's no one that hasn't seen this commercial or heard about it now. Yeah. So it's like the stock plummeted, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see it shoot back up. Yeah, no, this is one of the things that will pass. It wasn't like so, so terrible. But I mean, like shoot back up in the sense that like now there's a whole group of people who are now aware of this product that weren't previously. For sure. It's kind of like the, like, no, any press is good press type mentality. They could have. I don't know what they, I don't know I don't what they're know thinking. Yet. I'm yeah, very we'll curious. So this happens and that in itself was just like a cultural phenomenon. Leave it to Ryan Reynolds, who in addition to being so good looking, so smart, has the best team. His gin company, Aviation Gin, has the best marketing team that I feel like I have ever seen. We have yeah. to do something with them. I, I say to you all the time. We, we have, say it all the we time. We haven't reached out to them, but we absolutely have to because they are so smart in the way that they market. He releases a commercial a couple of days later with the same actress, Monica Ruiz, and she's playing her same character that she was in the Peloton ad. And she's basically sitting at a bar with her friends and saying she needs a drink. And they're kind of like, it's, 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 you have to watch it because I'm not going to be able to explain it as well. They're, they're kind of putting humor on the whole situation. Yeah, it was like she was playing herself from the Peloton ad in the gin ad. And it was just genius. Genius. And this is obviously not the first time Ryan Reynolds has done this. He did it out with Andy King. He did, yeah, he did it with Andy King. He he knows how to capitalize on these cultural kind of phenomenons and turn them into really successful marketing campaigns. Which, by the way, I would love to know what Peloton thinks about this. I'm sure they are just yeah, living. I don't know, yeah. But I was curious about like the actress herself because I was wondering if she had any idea that it was going to go in this way or how it came to be with Ryan. And she released a statement to Dateline that said. I was happy to accept a job opportunity earlier this year from Peloton, and the team was lovely to work with. Although I'm an actress, I'm not quite comfortable being in the spotlight, and I'm terrible on social media. So to say I was shocked and overwhelmed by the attention this week, especially the negative, is an understatement. When Ryan and his production team called about Aviation Gin, they helped me find some humor in the situation. I'm grateful to both Peloton and now Aviation Gin for the work and giving me the opportunity to do what I love to do. So hey, I mean, great for her. I just love a cultural phenomenon. Love a cultural phenomenon that people get behind. Yeah. And also like good for her. Your name's on the map. I love a marketing, I love a marketing ad that requires some sort of like cultural relevancy to fully understand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just, do. I just I just love smart brands. Just it was well done. What an what is like, I almost got mad that I made such a good transition because I still wanted to talk about Chrissy. <laughs> oh, do you want to talk about Chrissy? No, now? let's go to the brand. Okay. Yeah, this, wow, Julie. I a, really, I was like almost annoyed at myself that I made it so That was well. an unbelievably seamless transition. We're moving on to our award ceremony, which is a little bit different this week. We didn't want to give out a funniest comment and best clapback of the week to any celebrities because truly this Netflix post was so viral and it felt like 
we needed to talk about it and kind of just award the brands as a group for for their work here. Yeah. So Netflix tweets and writes, what's something you can say during sex, but also when you manage a brand Twitter account? These are one of these shots in the dark. You don't know if you're going to tweet that and it's going to go viral. Like, very easily, brands could not have jumped on that in the way that they did. This was, I mean, listen, the thing about this tweet is that you've kind of seen it on Twitter, um, like, surfacing in other regards. Like, it's the same, like, say something you'd say during dinner and also during sex. But Netflix does this. And, you know, it was never like it was going to go poorly. It's never like it was, like, going to be like, a, oh, my God, Netflix posted this tweet, and it was, like, a big deal. You always knew it was going to be at least a little bit funny. But the way that brands got on board with this, I have never seen something like this before. No, no, no. So a lot of people were asking us. So anyway, that was a long way of saying that this is our award ceremony. We're just really awarding all of the brands, none in particular, with the exception of a Friday 29, which I'll get to in a second, um, just for a job well done and making our job so much fun. But a lot of people were asking us like the behind the scenes of how this post went, because it really did, our post really did go viral. I think it was our most, not our most liked, but most our- Most commented and second most follows we've ever gotten from a post. The post was also shared about 400,000 times. Like our post was shared 400,000 times. We got, it was, it, it was, was cra- really it was, crazy for it us. It was what jumped us from 1.3 million to 1.4 follow, million followers for sure. Yeah, yeah. we got however many thousand like in a, in a day. But people were asking us the behind the scenes of like posting this, which I feel like is funny to say. This is how, people think that it's so calculated and it literally couldn't be less calculated. This is how it works. I get out of the shower and I'm about to go to Pilates and I see murmurs of this tweet. I had seen it, but I didn't think anything of it. My friend Ethan sent it to me and he's like, you got to look at this. I look at it. I go on Twitter and I'm like, holy shit, this is hilarious. I send it to Julie. I'm like, I'm about to send you 10 screenshots. I'm like, put, format all these four tweets per post, put it in the album. And when I'm out of Pilates, we'll post it. That's, that was it. That was the entire conversation. Yeah. And then I ignored everything you said. Yeah. Re-screenshotted everything myself, reformatted I, you don't even understand. Because you didn't you know reformat. What? You formatted. I didn't format anything. Julie formatted every single No, no, no. But I'll tell you how, what I mean by reformatted. Is that what you sent it, it was like you could see the reply. I went through every single one and clicked on it individually so that it would be whitegrammed correctly. It was a labor. You don't even know the notes in my phone where I had then, after I did it, listed every single tweet that I had and then had to put the number of the slide that it was going on so I didn't repeat it. Well, that's the big. that's our biggest fear when we do a post like that, the repeat. Like nobody else gives a shit, but our biggest fear is to do a repeat because for so many reasons. One, it makes us look unprofessional, but two, then this another brand lost a spot. You like know there's a repeat in this one? Shut up. Yeah. Who? I noticed it the other day. Um, Carbon 38. Really? Yeah. I didn't I wasn't going to say anything, but then you were like, it's so bad when we repeat. No, on, t- on the tweet one or the comments? On um, the comments no, one. No, no, no. That's my fault then. I'm talking about the tweets one. No, I, I know it's your fault. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the tweets one. There, yeah, no, there were no there repeats. Were no there, repeats. Was, there was a very organized system going on a, on my phone. A very, yeah. But anyway, so we post this and people were like, did this happen organically or like, was this brand? I was like, let me tell you something. There is no world in which we could have gotten paid for that. It happened too fast. There's no world in which we could have even planned that or like one. I don't even know. The way that brands jumped on this, we don't. It, do, it doesn't happen that often. The last time something like this happened was when all the celebrities commented on that post of like, what's your stripper name? Yeah, I love that. And, that, and this was like a whole other level. There yeah. were ones that, I mean, we physically couldn't put in. Yeah, there were just, there were really just too many. So this happens. Um, and then the comments on our post were so funny. We wanted to do a second post which 
really like, they really, they went to work, which I felt bad because after we posted it, there were so many other ones that I wanted to include, but we yeah. just couldn't. But I wanted to give a special shout out to Refinery29. So the, the tweet was, what's something you can say during sex, but also when you manage a brand Twitter account? And they comment on our post, women come first. And someone responds, at Refinery29, pretty late to the game, LMAO. And they respond, at least I'm coming. Good job, Refinery29. Good job, Everyone Refinery was just good. I just, everyone I'm so goddamn impressed with. This is the internet camaraderie that we often speak of, and we really just appreciate when it happens. And by the way, as a brand, this is the smartest thing you can do. To jump on something like this and be involved in the conversation, but also be funny and like humanize your brand, it is not the easiest thing to do. Please, for one second, can we touch on the Kettle Brand thing? Please. Yes. Okay. I want to tell you what happens. So Kettle Brand comes out with, in my opinion, was easily in the top five funniest funniest replies. They say, and I quote, you can go elbow deep in me. Like, I'm sorry, out of left field. Yeah, like if you would have asked me who was going to come up with the funniest tweet, I wouldn't have said it. I wouldn't even thought it. I would have known Pop-Tart would get a little dirty. We've seen them get a little dirty. Of course, Pornhub was going to jump on it. Kettle brand, the chips that I've grown up with my whole life, out of, out of total left field. So Julie and I are losing it from this. We post it. Everybody's commenting like, Kettlebrand, you're the winner here, da, da, da. We then find out or we hear murmurs that apparently the girl who tweeted it was in hot water with her bosses for tweeting that, which we have no idea if there was legitimacy to that, but that's what we heard. A lot of people were inboxing that, uh, that to us. So we posted one of the inboxes. We blocked out the girl's name and the inbox said like, help, like justice, the girl from Kettle Brand's apparently getting fired. And we posted it and wrote like, at Kettle Brand, a promotion seems more seems more suitable here. Right. We then were inbox like, so appreciate this, but can you actually delete it? It's maybe making her life harder, which was the last thing we wanted to do. So of course we immediately deleted it. I don't know what ended up happening with her, but I have to just say, even if that, even if there was any truth to that, which I think there was, we got confirmation. What bothers me so much is when, I would imagine what happened here is that the the boss or the higher up is someone who's either older or doesn't fully understand. Boomer. (laughs) I'm just saying doesn't fully understand why that's so funny and why it's going to go so viral. And then the person who's running the account who typically is of the younger generation who really is so into meme culture gets, gets why this is so good, gets why this is such good marketing. And then they're penalized for what they're doing, which is totally right, but other people just aren't fully understanding it. And it bothers me so much because it's like, I want to shake them and be like, you guys don't understand. This is the best fucking coverage you could ask for. Right. And and honestly, like after that post, everyone was commenting and they were like, oh my God, Kettle Brand Chips. I would fucking go buy Kettle Brand Chips for that tweet in a fucking heartbeat. Julie, let me tell you something. If I was going through the chi- the chip aisle and I wasn't sure, I would buy Kettle Brand now just because of that. Because like, you yeah, know, I'd go elbow deep in that shit in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. So like, I just want to, I want to, that's like a more of a PSA on general marketing. Like I understand maybe, okay, it should have been approved this, that, but like, I I urge you if you're in a higher position of marketing to listen to the people that are a little bit more in tuned with meme culture, because that's really what sticks. Right. It's why we always say when brands let us take more of a creative control, like when we do ads with them, it works so much better. Right. You have to be tuned into these types of things because it's that's why Ryan Reynolds is just so good and why his team is so good is because they are so tuned into what's happening and they capitalize on it so quickly and so seamlessly. And I don't know, brands are just becoming smarter and more human. And there's a way to make your brand do that. And it's not like, 
I, I think that we see something that brands try to do where they try to stick out and humanize themselves only when it's convenient for them. So we see this so much during Pride Month where it's like all of a sudden every brand is an advocate and then the rest of the year they're silent. And it's like, if you want to make your brand known and you want to like secure your place as what you feel your brand should represent, then you should be doing these types of things where you're saying funny tweets or talking about the things that you believe in year round because it humanizes you as a brand and people feel more of a connection to it. Oh, completely. When we posted that sticker, everybody said Wendy's. So many people said Wendy's. You know who's funny? What? Um, the T-Mobile comment. Up to four devices on us. T-Mobile didn't see it coming. Out of left field, another one. I, I appreciate that. I also have to say, Katz is deli commenting on our post saying, I'll have what she's having, obviously an ode to Meg Ryan's line and when Harry met Sally. If that isn't as full circle as it gets, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Do you think when Meg Ryan made that movie, she knew that in however many years, Katz's Deli's Instagram account was going to be commenting on a Netflix tweet asking what's something you can say during sex, but also when you manage a brand I Twitter account? I don't think she would have even known what Netflix or Twitter was. I mean, what a full circle moment. Yeah, and also, it's just a full circle. Like, Kat's commenting on anything I do feels very full circle. Yeah. Do you know how much pastrami I eat? I was a little bit starstruck. Yeah. They, do you remember when they, like, I don't know, this was months ago. I get an email, and I'm like, Julie, I can't believe this email I just got. And Kat's Deli, for one of their anniversaries, they were having a an orgasm contest. They wanted us to judge it. They wanted us to judge it, which we ended up not being able to do. But I was just dying of, like, that's a good example of, like, you guys play the game. You know what's good marketing. Having an orgasm competition to celebrate however many years and obviously an ode to Meg Ryan's Harry Met Sally, that's 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 good. Yeah. Like you guys get what you're doing. There is such a clear difference, and you can see it in celebrity accounts, all of these things, brands. When you have someone who is just on the inside of what's going on and knows what is culturally relevant and important and sensitive and all of these things, it just shows as opposed to when you have some college kid that comes home for their you know break or their summer internship and they want to do social media and they get a job in it and they're not tuned in, it just shows so much the differences. It really does. It really does. So anyway, congratulations to all of the brands. No, we were obviously not paid for that. Um, but we were just happy to do it. And hopefully, I mean, this was a really good test for us because we always like to see which brands like perform the best so that we know who we're more inclined to want to work with. And I think this gave us a really good test for the future because going forward, like that's a great jumping off point now for us to be able to contact. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Moving on. Anything else you want to say or can I move on to the Kardashian? No, recap? let's move on to recap. Okay. I also just want to make the announcement that our merch is live. Oh my God, our merch is live. Shop.commonsbycelebs.com. We have um, the dad hats that we had sent out to all the celebrities. We have very limited stuff, but like really simple stuff that we would wear and that we are so excited about. And thank you to everyone that's bought. Thank you specifically to our Patreon community. You guys are amazing and made us feel so loved and it went really well. And so we were just really happy and fortunate. Um, What do you want to start it off with? Saint's birthday, obviously. Tell what do you want to start it off? Yeah, that's fine. Tell us about it. Saint turned four. He's Saint turned up. four. He's got to chill. He's really like. I had a moment when Saint turned four, where I was like, I don't kids. How do you just have a kid and then they grow up? It really, you know, you're growing up and everyone always says to you like, "Oh, I knew you when you were this tall," and you're like, "Okay, you're like, get it." Up. Yeah. I, I am that person now. If I saw Saint, I'd be like, "Ah." Oh. 
I remember when you took your first steps and Kim was in that white waffle shirt and you were outside in that house and it happened after the robbery and oh my god she was so he would be like who are yeah, you but I feel I've grown up with you I've watched you it's been four years since you were born no Julie it's really it's really unbelievable I mean there was no there was no more prime example of this than Mason Disick. no this not only in this episode last week but also in Courtney's insta story of him in the all blue outfit he's just an adult he's a full adult that video at Saint's birthday which by the way Mindy Weiss did it was Fully dinosaur themed. You have never seen anything like this. It was literally, if you are a kid and you love dinosaurs, this was your dream. This was, there was digging for fossils and there was decorating dinosaur eggs and everything that you could ever want. This is what I envisioned. I envisioned Kim seeing Kylie's tweet of like, Stormy second birthday, like, can't wait for you guys to see. And immediately texting Mindy Weiss and being like, let's get to fucking work. Yeah. Like, like we are not. She, yeah. yeah. Like Stormy World. No. This is happening again. Story. Which second I mean, birthday. Sorry, what do you think they're going to do? I, Julie, I, I think it's going to be a cosme- I think it's going to be like a Kylie thing. Like they did Astro World, Stormy World. Now I think we're going to do like a Kylie Cosmetics type. I have no idea, but I'm I am un- I cannot wait to see it. Oh my god, little kids doing makeovers. Could you imagine? How do we go? Storm what? Stormy Cosmetics, that's what yeah. Isabel suggested. Could you I mean, I just can't imagine. I could imagine. I could. That video you know what I'm talking about? Where Saint has the mask on and Chicago gets scared. And he goes, it's just me, Sainty. No. What I wanted to actually say, thank you for bringing it up, is every time, like two years down the line, I've fallen so in love with the names that I previously didn't understand. For example, North, Chicago, Saint. I never got them, right? And then I like fall so in love with them. It's a phenomenon. It makes me feel so stupid for not getting it in the first place because Sainty is such an adorable name. Northy is so adorable. When Kim oh, calls, I was actually always on board with Saint. I when, thought that was the coolest name ever. When Kim calls Chicago Chai Chai, like that's adorable. I and I and I didn't I couldn't every single time. I can't see it when it happens. Yeah. And then I'm like, no, you guys were so right. They're they know. It just first of all, when you hear a word a certain amount of times, it sounds weird no matter how many times you say it. Yeah. Like if you're like writing an essay and you have to keep writing the same word over and over, you're like, is that how you spell? Like I Googled the other day how to spell heart because it just did not look right. Yeah. And it's one of those things where if you morph a word into what you want it to be, it'll just become that. Exactly. Like there's no reason that true should work as a name, but you don't think about it anymore. No, you don't think about it anymore. You know what's actually the biggest phenomenon in this is that Stormy's name has become so normal to me that when I see Storm Reed, it sounds unnatural to say it. Yeah. It sounds like she forgot a letter or she dropped a letter in her name. Yeah, which is unbelievable that the influence of a two-year-old has yeah. on your linguistic capabilities. You know, that's kind of unbelievable. It really it is. It really is. Which, by the fucking way, you know, last week we're talking about snor- Stormy on the snowboard, like, just practicing. Never in my wildest dreams did I expect that we were going to get that video of her full throttle down the mountain like a boss. I am sorry. Sean White Sean shaking. White is, Julie, I was about Don't to say. Don't pretend like that's so crazy that we did it, that we were both going to say Sean it. Sean White is fucking shaking. <laughs> Literally, Lindsay Vaughn who? Gus Kenworthy who? Like, she, I'm out of people I know. She was, yeah, same. Molly from Molly's Game who? <laughs> she was a natural. Not a care in the world. That is Kylie Jenner's daughter, and she damn well knows it. I'm sorry. That veil trip. There is no. only, like, literally... <laughs> the confidence that you must have being Kylie Jenner's daughter, I can't even imagine. I would, if they could bottle that confidence and sell it, talk about a billion dollar brand. Oh my God. Trillions. She, Truly, Amazon would be yeah, nothing. No, forget would, about crumble it. Crumble in the dust. She really, and also, not by the way, this whole Veil trip, which Kylie, you know, randomly decides, I think it was Veil, Colorado, decides to take her friend Iris and, and Iris's daughter skiing. And 
you know, it's like everywhere she goes, her attire is just better than the next. It's like, you think it can't get better than the Turks and Caicos shoot, and then you see the designer-clad, like, snow snow yeah. gear. And it's just like, oh, my God. I never had a desire to ski until I saw Fendi. And I was like, who knew that Chanel made snow jumpsuits? Like, who knew that? Kylie it, knew. It was Kylie insane. Knew. It was like, I, I don't know. It just, it's unbelievable. I, I I know we shouldn't even be affected by it because it's, it's so natural now. Like, we see it so much. But sometimes she really pulls it in. And I'm like, God damn. Yeah, God damn, I'm affected. I was affected by this one in the best way. Okay. Let's talk about Courtney and Eunice. They back. Yeah, they, they have to be. They back together. So apparently they were spotted together in Miami for Art Basel. They were apparently at Live, which as you guys know is Dave Grumman's club. And f- according to sources, they were you know together. They were kind of cozy. Witnesses said that they looked like they were a couple, but that they were trying to keep it a little bit on the DL. Um, they s- apparently remained kind of in the corner of the club. She then posted a picture of herself in a red dress, and she made the caption Minnie Mouse, which could mean nothing, but also... We know that that's what he calls her. Correct. So I think that there has to be some sort of hidden message there. I've said it to you for months. I think that they're back together. Not even fully back, but I think something's happening. Well, apparently they've been back. According to TMZ, they've been back together for months. It wouldn't. It doesn't shock me in the slightest. But I don't think their relationship is like that now. I think they're very on and off or very like when they see each other, they fall back into it. I don't think that we're ever going to see them put a label back on it. Oh, interesting. I don't think so. Interesting. I don't know what I think. Do you, what are you, do you like him? Are you into him? I don't know him well enough to have an opinion. Yeah. Um, I will say that the whole situation that happened, like, before they broke up, where he, like, commented something about her Instagram picture or not being covered up, I was like, it really turned me off to him. But I won't let that be a permanent opinion of him, but it will always be in the back of my mind. Yeah. I mean, my statement from obviously knowing him 0% and knowing so little, the only vibe that I get, which could be totally off, is I think that he has— I don't know if I want to say a bit of a controlling personality, but he he comes off to me as like a little bit um, alpha male. Yeah. Do, does that dress But that with was you? always something that we actually spoke about that we felt like was good for Courtney because she's so was so used to with Scott um, having to be the one to constantly be in charge and constantly make decisions and constantly do all of these things. So it was kind of Refreshing. when they were together. It really, it was like an, it was almost an overcorrection, maybe. But in a, in a good way, I felt. Yeah. No, I, I, I obviously know nothing about him, but I do get that that energy a little. And I wonder how that, I don't know. I wonder how he does with the rest of the family, I guess is what I mean. Yeah. It's I one don't thing, know. It's very interesting. I don't, do you think that we're going to see them get fully back together? I don't know. I don't know. I've never been, I don't know. I don't know him. So what can I say? I just, energetically, yeah. like I don't vibe, but that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I, I just don't know him all yeah. enough to have an opinion there. But if, again, if, if Courtney's, Courtney's happy, happy, we're happy. So Lionel Richie and Scott, this was interesting. Do you remember the first time we ever heard any sort of rumblings of Lionel's disapproval of their relationship? Yeah, it was a red carpet interview yeah, and he was, said something. It was the red like car- rolled his eyes or something. Yeah, it was the red carpet interview. Someone asked about it and he basically rolled his eyes at the age difference. Yes. Which Sophia was there for. Yeah, they were, they were together, yeah. And you could see Sophia visibly just uncomfortable. Yeah, but I don't know. Do you think she was visibly uncomfortable? She was like, oh, dad, stop it. Like, dad, you're embarrassing me. Uncomfortable. No, that's what I those mean. Those are two different that's things. That's what I mean. Yeah. I think she was visibly like, oh, shit, this is embarrassing. That's yeah. what I meant. So apparently, Scott has been trying to work on his relationship with Lionel. And and Lionel has too. Yeah, yeah. And I guess they all spent Thanksgiving together. According to a source, quote, 
Lionel has accepted the relationship but still isn't entirely 100% on board with Scott, mostly because of the age difference and how young Sophia is. Lionel can see how happy Sophia is though, so he's definitely making more of an effort with Scott. He's a really honest, upfront kind of guy and feels like his father-daughter relationship with Sophia is more important than anything, so he's trying to be there for Sophia and to be supportive of her despite their reservations about her relationship. They all had a really great holiday together though, and progress is for sure being made between them. I will never forget when they were first dating and Scott posted that video of her dancing in her underwear in the kitchen. And we were like, oh my God, this is, it was already crazy. We were like, this is so crazy. He posted her, like, I can't believe it, whatever. And then you turn the sound on and it was Lionel Richie's all night long that she was dancing to. And you're like, holy fuck. I will never forget that moment of turning the sound on. I will never forget it. I will never it, it added a whole other fucking layer. Even my mom saw that and was like, oh my God. Yeah, no, that was something else. I mean, listen, I hope, I hope, I totally understand both sides. I understand Lionel being a little bit like standoffish, but I also hope that, you know, he can see the happiness. I don't know. So we, it's a, it's a bit of a weird thing. I don't know how that would be. Yeah, I you don't, know? yeah, I totally understand. But also they've been dating for so long and they live together. So I can't imagine that Lionel Richie's like actively, you know, trying to like be unsupportive or sabotage or anything like that. I think that, there's, I think it's probably more about Sophia's age and being so young and wanting to be like, okay, but just remember that like you have a whole life ahead of you yeah. and you have a whole like, just like don't rush into it. Yeah. And then I think it's just a protectiveness of a father rather than like a, I don't want this guy with my daughter. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, totally. Last but certainly not least, I want to talk about this whole Chloe Jordan situation. Again? <laughs> I know. Deja vu? <laughs> Did you know Tell that me. Jordan... She, Chloe's boyfriend, Tristan, it's cheated crazy. on her with, with Jordan. I heard. I think the story's going to get big. I, I think so too. Maybe these two girls will do a podcast about it. Yeah. <laughs> they just might. So as you all know, Jordan was on Red Table Talk a couple of months ago after the whole scandal broke, which was the craziest thing ever. Last week, we see a preview for Red Table Talk where Jada is asking Jordan if she would you know, actually take a lie detector test because she said she would in the episode. And the clip is of Jordan taking it. And it's this was from her original appearance. It wasn't like this happened after the fact. Oh, it's from the original appearance. Yeah, but they never, they never aired it, but it happened on that same day. It was supposed to air yesterday, Monday. It's airing today, so we can't post about it because it didn't happen why yet. Why is it airing? I don't know. It's apparently airing 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is in like a half an hour. Can I tell you why I'm confused about it? Yeah. Because I, I truly feel like we've all gotten to a point with this whole Jordan-Tristan situation where— it's not a matter of a lie detector test anymore in the sense that no one's questioning, did it happen? Did it not? What were the details of it? The entire reason that that things aren't the same anymore and the entire reason, in my mind at least, that um, this situation turned into such a bigger thing than it was is the way that it was treated in the aftermath. I mean, exactly. Like, So it's like, that's not a lie detector. You can't... See, I'm surprised by this for a couple of reasons. I'm surprised because, of course, you know, Jada has a show and she cares about ratings, but she's also incredibly close with Jordan. And it's not like she's just putting her on just for clickbait. Like, she wouldn't do something that's not in Jordan's best interest. But this, to me, feels really not in Jordan's best interest, which then makes me feel like it was totally approved by Jordan's team, meaning it her mom. It has to have been. There's right, no meaning way they would have done it. Meaning her mom and, and her team, which is surprising to me because— I guess I always root for her and I so badly wanted to believe that she didn't like the drama associated with this. And I just feel like this is feeding completely into that drama. Because I don't look at this as like, I understand you want to speak your truth. It's like, 
the truth is that that's almost regardless at this point. Yeah, like, it's like you're not changed. No one's minds are going to be changed. If you have moved past the situation and you're, you know, kind of on Jordan's side or you've become like a really big fan of Jordan or stayed with Jordan, it's because you believe her and you believe that the way she was vilified after the fact was wrong, correct? And if you're not on her side, it's because you believe that not only were her actions wrong, but the way it was handled in the aftermath was incorrect and disrespectful. If you have those opinions— a lie detector is not changing anybody's side here. No, it's it's unfortunate to me. I really didn't want to feel, I always want to feel like she's not as clout chasing as people accuse her well, to be. Well, let's see what happens on this whole thing. I, I, I just, it's just very weird. It's very, very, um, uh, What's his face? Justin Timberlake releasing a statement. Well, it's like we, 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 we were, we're, we're good. Over we're it. over it. You you were bringing it. Yeah. So there were a couple things that happened on Instagram that I feel like I need to read. Right. Yes, please. So Chloe makes two Instagram stories, which one of them mentioned Jordan for the first time in a while. I'm going to read them both to you, and then I'm going to read Jordan's Instagram story and her tweet. So Chloe says, I'm seeing a lot of commentary about last week's episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. As much as I hate speaking on all of this because I'm sure everybody is so over it, as am I, but I'm just frustrated that people try to create something that's really not there. I don't hold any negative or hateful feelings towards anyone. I mean that. Life is short. We are all humans trying to figure out this thing called life. Who am I to condemn anyone else? Yes, I'm allowed to feel hurt and pain. It would be unnatural for me to pretend as if I don't. Personally, I don't want to be carrying around a hateful heart. I crave peace in my life. Me holding on to hate is only going to hurt me in the end. I have chosen to not pollute my heart and my energy by holding on to anything negative. I'm allowed to forgive. Forgiveness is a strength and not a weakness. I'm allowed to forgive people but still not accept their behaviors. I'm also allowed to protect any space. I'm allowed to choose who I want in my life and who I do not. I'm also allowed to wish people well and sincerely mean it. Doesn't mean I have to be their best friend. I want nothing but beautiful blessings for everybody that has ever been in my life, regardless of what they have done or not done to me. I want people to be kinder in this world. We are all here to live and experience life. Therefore, we may, we may make mistakes along the way, and if we are lucky, we will grow from them every, every mistake that we make. If we are blessed enough, we get to grow to be incredibly kind and beautiful people. I wish that for everybody in the world. I want peace and happiness for all. I've given it to the God. I've been working on me from the inside out. I crave peace and happiness in this new year and forever after. She posts another one then. The reason why I decided to post my previous post is because I'm seeing a lot of back and forth with people asking, why don't I want, why don't I keep that same energy with Jordan? That message is for Jordan. It's for anyone who else has hurt me. For some reason, people want to assume that I'm talking only about Tristan. This message applies to all parties involved in situations that have ever hurt me. Men, friends, family, work associates, anyone who played a role in my pain. I have moved on, found forgiveness, and I wish you only happiness and joy. My life won't be consumed with hate. I've chosen to occupy my life with positivity. Every day I choose to find the good in my day. To choose, this to choose this daily doesn't mean I don't have any bad days, but my good days are so much better than my bad ones. We are all human and make mistakes, myself included. Hate is heavy and I'm tired of carrying around all that weight. Jordan then reposts a story that said, someone somewhere is still discussing the old you because they don't have access to the new you. She wrote on that facts with the 100 symbol. She then tweets, not every quote that is posted is a sub or a clapback, and not everything posted is directed towards a one person in general. I deal with a lot of different shit daily. It's all love, only positive vibrations. What do you have oh. to say there? Um, something that's like a weird phenomenon also is I find it so strange. Not strange. I like get like a little shocked when celebrities release a statement like this and use names because I'm so used to them not where I'm like, well, obviously we all know it's Tristan and Jordan. But like for, for me, for some reason I read that, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe she, she mentioned Tristan it. and Jordan, but I can't believe she said their names. I know. And it's like, why do I feel that way? Obviously we know who she's talking about. Can I ask you a question though on your opinion on, on this? So yeah, you can. When Jordan posts that, um, 
the, the, that story. And then she wrote, you know, she had to follow it up by saying like, guys, it's not, not everything is a sub, whatever. Do you think that this is a case of the internet just taking it, everything and running with it? Or do you think this is the case of a very strategic way to get people talking because this happened after Chloe's stories? Both? I don't know. I mean, I think that we're in a time where, you know, it used to be when we were on social media, it was like everything that you said and did, you had to be so careful about because... Once it's out there, it's out there forever. And that was always what we were taught. It was like, once you put something, it's out there forever, so you better be okay with it. Now, I feel like we've almost kind of made the shift from, yes, that's true, but also, no matter what you put out, it's also going to be spoken about in the moment. It's not just somebody in some job is sitting at their desk, and 10 years later, they're going to uncover this picture that you took. It's You have to make these decisions consciously in the moment, because when you post something, especially at the star power you have, and especially when you're at the center of controversies and all these things— People are going to talk about that the second you press send. So the thing with this is maybe it wasn't like a a Chloe subtweet. She did this specific with that intent. But Chloe and Jordan both and everyone really has to be aware of the way that the media and the way that fans and the way that people respond to these types of things. Because whether they mean it or not, people will find the underlying truth or the underlying intention of things. And whether you mean it to be that or not, it almost doesn't matter. Yeah. So before, you know, you post the story, think for one second, how is this going to look? But I'm saying— So what I'm saying is, yeah, maybe if she's sitting there thinking, how is this going to look? Maybe it's not about it. Maybe the intent wasn't Chloe. But there's something in the back of her mind that's like, this will get people talking. My thing—yeah. My thing about Jordan, and like you guys know, before all this happened, I went so hard for her. And I still still like her. Like, I still support her and think she's doing really great. And I want to see her succeed. But I think that because people compared her to Kylie from like a, you know, clearly from like a business sense, there's just no comparison, of course, in like their success and like in the level of teams that they have just because nobody has teams like the Kardashians. But I think that because of that, people underestimated Jordan's like maybe management or teams. And I just feel like it can't be lost the fact that number one, her mom's her manager. And I think that they are far more strategic than people paint them out to be. Like I think they're, and I don't mean calculated necessarily in a bad way, but I think they are very, very calculated. Yeah. I mean, listen, here's the thing with a story like that is I always think about the mentality of posting a story because I feel like no matter who you are, celebrity, not celebrity, whatever, when you post a story, there is some ounce of intent. There is something you are trying to get across. There is something that you either found true or funny or humorous or you want somebody else to see. There's always that when you post. I, I think that is such a universal thing. With something like this, it's like the mentality of going, seeing that story, having it resonate with you, screenshotting it, posting it, and then writing facts because you agree with it is such a process. It's not as easy as seeing something as opposed to laughing and sharing it to your story because you thought it was funny. It's like there is clear intent when you take this extra step to screenshot it, post it, write it with a caption. It's like, it's one of those things, John Mulaney has the stand-up where he talks about how much easier it is to No matter what you're doing, it is always easier to not do something than to do it. It is always like easier to not leave your house than to do something and like whatever. So this is one of those cases where like it's so much easier to not post if you don't want the backlash than it is to post. It's like no one's expecting that. No one's wanting you to. No one's waiting for it. And it's one of those things where they're just in my mind 
it's not pure coincidence. Yeah. You didn't just happen to post this exactly. and feel this thing at the exact same time that this happened where she specifically said your name. That's all. Yeah, no, I agree. It's kind of like what came first, the chicken or the egg, in the sense yeah. of like, in the sense of like, yeah, everybody makes a big deal out of nothing, but also people know that everybody makes a big deal out of nothing, so it has to then dictate what. Right. You know? It's one of those things where, let's take Chloe's quotes, for example, where when she, she posts quotes all fucking day, literally all day. Like this bitch sits at her phone, finds a quote and posts it. Yeah. And she, it's become such a thing that she does that where everyone knows and everyone's talking. Every single quote that she posts, everyone is going to have a discussion about what that means. So when Chloe posts a quote, yes, it's just a quote, but she has the knowledge in the back of her mind that everyone will talk about it. So she's not just picking quotes. These are conscious decisions that she's making. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, Anything else that you wanted to discuss on In the World of Kardashian? I wanted to say that someone messaged us and said that Chloe went to Twitter and said that Kendall and Kylie's contracts are different, which we knew, but- Yeah, it was never a discussion about contracts. No, no, I know, but I didn't know, I didn't know that Chloe said that. Oh, yes. So, yeah. yeah. My position in uh, Kylie and Kendall getting off easy is not contract-wise. It's just like, if you're talking family business and what's still important and you're considering this the mothership, then maybe they could change their contracts or put a little... Who knows? But who am I to say that? Yeah. Anything else that you wanted to mention? Mm, those Chrissy tweets. Can we just talk about it for one second? Yeah. Basically, if you haven't seen Chrissy's Twitter, you need to. It's absolutely important because she went and answered every burning question that people have about the way that celebrities live their lives yeah. in the most human, easy to understand way possible. And I feel very strongly that you all look at these. I just felt like it was one of the most honest moments a celebrity has ever had. And it was so seamless and easy for her to just answer them. And it didn't cause any additional drama. It wasn't an issue. And I just feel like the thing I love about Chrissy and I think the reason that everyone loves her is because this honesty that she has and she doesn't sugarcoat anything and she doesn't hide it. Like there was one tweet that somebody asked her like, how do you make a reservation in, in a busy restaurant? Like, do you, do you have a trouble with that? And she's like, no, I don't give them an option to say no. I say like, this is Chrissy Teigen and I'm coming in with John Legend and we need a table for two, please. And they're like, okay, like we'll get like, that is the most honest thing that you can say. Oh. There are so many celebrities that would be like, oh, I don't know, like my publicist calls or like, I don't know, sometimes we just have like a table reserved. Like Chrissy's like, no, I call and I say exactly who it is and I know we'll get a table. And like, it's not that that's not cocky or that's, that's just the way it works. And she wants you to know that. Yeah. She, she, she sugarcoated nothing. And it was also the questions that everybody, everybody wants to know. Yep. Like literally the first, the way that it started was because someone was like, like, do celebrities like Chrissy Teigen have junk drawers? Like, or, I know Chrissy would, but Kim Kardashian definitely doesn't yeah, have one. Yeah, and she posted a picture of her junk drawer and was like, everybody asks me all the questions you want to ask your favorite A-list celebrity, but have never been able to. And it, they, I don't know, I, I really enjoyed reading that. I think that it's, it's a good read. It was an amazing read, and she took the time to do it. Yeah, that's why she connects. It's different than Ariana Grande in terms of connecting with fans on Twitter, yes, but it, she but has her own way. Connection. It's because, you know what? The thing that I've noticed about Chrissy, and this is the last thing I'll say about it, is that I feel like every celebrity that you kind of see and talk to and interact with, they, they really tell you, they're like, you know, fame is so hard, and it's so hard to do this, and it's so hard to deal with this, and it's so hard to go out in public and all of these things. And while you understand that, there's always a part of you reading that where it's like, okay, but you picked this. It's like, okay, I only feel so bad for you. And the thing that I like about Chrissy that she does is she'll tell you the truth and the honesty about what it's like to be famous, but she never for a second is like, 
I wish I could take it back. Or like, you guys don't understand how hard it is. Like, she's like, yeah, sometimes it's hard, but also sometimes it's fucking amazing and you should be aware of that. Yeah. And you should know that there are so many perks of it and I'm not hiding them just for the sake of it's coming out across yeah. like humble or like, yeah. like, she comes across relatable in other ways. She doesn't need to make, yeah, just exactly. honest. Exactly. She even says, she's like, yeah, so I can't really go grocery shopping, but also like, look at the luxuries that this life has afforded me. Yeah, she's, there was one that I really liked where she was like, what's the best part about being a celebrity? And she was like, oh, people don't care when my kids cry in planes, but every else, every other kid is a problem. Yeah, she's like, my kids are probably more annoying than your average kids, but people just are so nice to them. Like that is the most honest, honest thing you can say. It is. Yeah, I was just obsessed with that thread. So ch- like go check it out. Check and- it out. And also on a really light and fun note, you need to watch this three minute video on YouTube of Adam Sandler explaining to Conan the process of him trying to see Shaq's dick. It is I thought that was, I mean, I was stoned when we watched it, but I was dying. You were dying. I thought it was so funny. Just Google it. It's like Adam Sandler wants to see Shaq's junk. <laughs> the reason that we were Googling that is because we we met Shaq last night and he's so big. I, I, I've i never I've never been in the presence of someone that large in my life. Every time I would look over me, she was like, what, what are you thinking about? And I was like, how do you think? Yeah, Julie was just trying to figure out the, like, the, the whole time I could not think about anything else. I was just like, if, if he's on top and yeah. how do you and how and I, it's how, like I, I, he's so tall I, I don't know uh, did you look at his feet I could Julie. raise a family of five in, in that, that shoe, shoe. that's sh- I know it was unbelievable I've never felt that way I have never felt that way about someone else's like physical presence like it's like you're standing you're like wait you're real there's no way <laughs> it was like, kind of like I was looking at him and I was like I kind of want to hit you just to see what would happen just to see if you notice it yeah, just to see if you even feel it. It was so funny. Like, if I threw all of my strength against you, would he, you no, flinch? Would you realize? He wouldn't move. It was so like crazy. Like, when a fly lands on it you. It was like when I, when I like, wanted to say hi to him, and I, I literally didn't know how to get his attention because he, it's not like he can see you. I'm like, like pull on his sleeve a little. Like, <laughs> I was just like, like a little kid. She, Emma literally, like, kind of, like, got his attention. Like, this is such an exaggeration about her pulling on his sleeve. But it was almost like when you're a little kid and you're like, Mom, I threw up. Yeah, no, that's what it was. That's literally like, Mom, I have to pee. Like, if you're Mom, in a grocery store, yeah. Go home? Can that go was home, me please? to Shaq to be like, Hey, we made you this book of your comments that I'd really love you to see. And he like thought it was funny and like yeah. took it. But I also have to just make one quick comment on this. It was never, I have never, I know this is a bold statement, but I actually think it's true. I have never seen a situation, even though like last night was very subdued in terms of like crowds, of the type of flocking that people do to a celebrity. Than I, the way that I saw it with Shaq because he can't hide. Yeah, that's what I was saying. And it's say. not like security can like needs to or can really back him up because he literally just towers over what everyone. Is, what does Shaq need security for? I always wonder this. When I was in Barcelona, I saw Gronk walking and I like ran up to him like me and whatever. And his security guard was probably half the size of him. Yeah. And I was like, where? What's your role here? What do you do? Because in what scenario where somebody's attacking Gronk, you're going to do something better than he's going to do yeah, it? Yeah, well, because the idea is that like, even if he's not stronger than Gronk, he's stronger than the person attacking. That's the idea behind it. But I truly, it was something like, I, this guy, this Shaq just like towers through. And it's like this, it's like this, like ants following him. The People, only way I could describe it is when that giant cow was a thing. And yeah. you saw the picture and it was like, here are the regular cows for comparison. And here's this giant cow. And it's like, Wow, I didn't realize how small cows were uh, until there was a giant one of you. Yeah, also, also, something that is so funny that, like, so could be a skit is, like, all of these, like, 5'8", 
old white guys, like businessmen that are literally sucking Jack's dick, doing anything to get his attention. It was, it was the funniest thing I've it ever was seen. really hilarious. And these guys are basically on their knees for like doing anything to get a handshake, doing anything to get an att- to get his attention. It was so funny just like watching that in action. So I don't know. That was just, I don't remember how that came up. If you give Shaq head, do you stand or do you? You stand. You have to. Like you can stand fully upright, right? Yeah, a little, a little bend maybe. If you're on your knees, you're on his, you're at his knee. Like if you're on his no, knees, no, yeah, you can't. It has to be. Yeah. How do you? I, never mind. The entire Let's just time. end the episode because I ca- I cannot. Yeah. We've been trying to do some major <laughs> math. It, we were okay. Do you want to know what we were? This is I'm going to make this mean the second you know the Julia Jackson. Roberts. The, no, no, the girl, the, the, the girl with in the, with the equations. Roberts, it's not Julia Roberts. But it, it always it, looks like her. I always think it her. It's the, the same meme the same that we're talking meme. about. The equations. I'm going to make that mean for us. Like Julie and I trying to figure out Jack's dick size, and it's like the girl with all the equations. That was it. Anyway. Who's in that meme? God damn, we have to end this episode. I have so many questions about things. Okay, we will see you guys next week for our regular episode. Don't forget, shop.com and spicelebs.com if you want merch. I really love the stuff. It's I'm like super into it. I love the stuff. Um, I'm and very happy. Yeah, if you're into this, please leave a five-star rating and review. And we love you guys. We will see you next week. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like, Generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract, and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like You shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.